that my grief were fully weighed. Welcome back to Hackberry House, a podcast devoted to the Word of God, and today the persecuted church of North Korea. My name is Bob. This is podcast number 494. It is June the 12th, 2016. Today, stories from North Korea for the brave of heart and spirit. This is from Crossing Borders Annual Review. They tell some wonderful, well, not wonderful, but they're um, very specific stories to help you pray. Uh, They're actually awful stories of the things that are going on over there. That's why I tell them, so that you'll understand. Come out of the comfort zone just a little bit. We are a blessed and yet sometimes very spoiled, right, people? Let's, Let's see how the other people, God's people, are living and uh, pray for them, ask God what he wants us to do. This is called Almost Free. It's Oxio's story. The mission of crossing borders is to show the compassion of Christ to North Korean refugees and their children in China. The following story portrays how this mission has played out in the life of one refugee woman who we helped from 2012 through 2015. Okseo was was married to a man of high means in North Korea. Her husband's family was politically connected. She didn't experience suffering in the 90s during the famine. Unlike many of our other refugees, she lived a life of privilege until her husband took her 10-year-old son and left for another woman. This began her life of struggle. The only way Oxio could survive was to buy stolen copper in North Korea and sell it to Chinese merchants. This, according to Oxio, was a severe crime in North Korea. If she was ever caught stealing copper from an electrical line connected to Pyongyang, North Korea's capital city, she could have been executed. Arrested and imprisoned for trading this stolen copper, Oxio subsisted on soup with exactly 24 kernels of corn in every bowl. This was her ration for the day. It was in prison where she heard stories about how one could live and eat in China. Immediately after she was released from prison, Oxio headed to China. Her friend, who was also in the copper business, told her that she could make about $500 a month in a tailoring factory in China. And when she finally made it across the border, she knew she had been deceived. She was not going to a tailoring factory. She was being sold. Okseo had heard the stories of North Korean women being sold to Chinese men with disabilities. So she cried and pleaded with her captors to sell her to a man with no physical defects. She got her wish, was sold to a Chinese farmer who, according to Oxio, had an overwhelming amount of debt. She worked on her husband's farm, but each year most of their profits went to service their debt. When things got particularly desperate for the family, Oxio's husband would sell her into prostitution. 
Her husband's family would also physically and verbally abuse her, and as a result, she had terrible headaches. Oxio knew another refugee woman in her village, who was under the care of crossing borders. This woman invited her to church. Oxio became a Christian, and her headaches disappeared shortly after, she said. One of crossing borders' objectives for the people we help is to get them to attend church. Our support for the people in our network is in no way affected by whether or not they convert. However, we realize that churches can provide access to resources that are simply impossible for refugees to find elsewhere. Though Oxio's faith changed, her personal life remained a struggle. Her family went without heat in early 2014. We were helping her with a small monthly stipend since we first met her, but her husband decided later that year to stop working for reasons unclear to Oxio. Chinese northernmost recesses are extremely cold in the winter. Oxio lived near the border of Siberia, where it can reach 30 to 40 degrees below zero Fahrenheit without wind chill. It would have been easy for us to give the family extra money to heat their home, but we feared this would give her husband even less incentive to work. We could have also cut our support entirely to encourage her husband to work, but this would have left the family without enough food. When we visited the following spring, Oxio's husband was working again. Financially, Oxio's life had improved. However, Oxio realized that something important had not changed. She was still at the whim of her husband's choices. Not only did he rule over her life by force, he prevented her from changing her family situation because he did not allow her to work. North Korean women who have been sold to Chinese men have varying degrees of freedom. If they live near the North Korean border, they're constantly in hiding because of frequent police scrutiny. Many women who live far away from the border are free of these fears, but some of these women are still in bondage if their husbands do not allow them freedom of movement, freedom to work. Oxio feared that she would be in virtual bondage to her husband and his family for the rest of her life if she stayed in China. A move through the Underground Railroad to South Korea would free her from this bondage. She would have an ID. She'd be able to file grievances if she was being abused. She'd be able to freely look for work. And she'd be able to speak her native language. We went through all the scenarios with Oxyo and laid out the pitfalls for North Korean refugees in South Korea and the dangers of going through the Underground Railroad, but her decision was made. Early in 2015, Oxyo took the Underground Railroad to claim such freedoms for herself. We contacted a partner organization to escort her out of China <clears throat> into Southeast Asia where she would receive refugee status and then be sent to South Korea. In June of 2015, we received word from the organization helping her through the Underground Railroad that she had made it through safely and was living as a free person in South Korea. Well, this is precisely why crossing borders exist, to usher North Korean refugees through the difficulties of living in China or to help them to fulfill their God-given worth, perhaps elsewhere. Oxio has now reached freedom. 
moving forward, we pray that she'll use it for the glory of God. Well, that's not her real name, by the way, but what, would you take that as her name? It's being spelled O-K-S-E-O. I'm pronouncing it O-K-S-E-O. May not be quite right, but yeah, you can. God will know who we're both talking about if you will pray for her. Um, we've got time for another story. It's called Almost Home. The Great North Korean Famine drove Han Yul, Ha Yul's mother. We're going to spell that capital H A and then uh, another dash N E U L. Ha Yul, Han Yul's mother into China to search for food. But when her mother crossed the border, she also was captured by traffickers and sold to a man in a town near the border. North Korean women have been sold by the thousands to feed China's gender disparity. In some of China's most densely populated regions, there are three boys for every girl born. It's because of China's one-child policy which China changed last year, allowing families now to have two children. But the damaging effects of this policy have lasting impacts that cannot be easily erased, especially for China's poor who cannot find wives. North Korean refugees have no rights in China. It's illegal for them to be in the country. If discovered by the police, they are sent back to North Korea where they will serve hard time in the country's infamous system of prison camps. It's a common practice by the regime to execute people who dare to leave the country. 70% of North Korean refugees are women. 80% of these women have been trafficked, according to a 2008 U.S. congressional report. Han Yul's mother had no choice but to marry and and give birth to their only child in 2002. Now, in 2004, her mother decided to take the Underground Railroad through China to gain refuge uh, in uh, South Korea. Her mother was described as tough. She was as strong as a man, according to people who knew her. And when she arrived in South Korea, she took up welding. Han Yul's father joined her mother in South Korea and took odd jobs. The couple put Han Yul in the care of a friend in China. They would send money for Han Yul, but they did not want their daughter to join them in South Korea for reasons, well, for reasons that were never explained to us at the time. Her father paid a visit to Han Yul in the summer of 2008 and then disappeared. There were rumors that he was killed in South Korea or was jailed in China. Shortly after his disappearance, support for Han Yul stopped. The family that was taking care of the young girl, now six years old, took her into town, dropped her off, and left her to fend for herself. Han Yul roamed the streets, crying and asking people for help. She made it to the authorities, who were somehow able to send her to her uncle, who took custody of her. Her uncle also purchased a North Korean wife who abandoned him and their young daughter. He was described to our workers on the ground as a man who was loving and caring but lacked the skills to hold a job. When our staff visited their home on multiple occasions, it was in disarray. Dirty dishes were scattered where they slept. The two girls were covered in soot 
The children were often left alone to fend for themselves as Hanul's uncle would leave town to find work. Our workers in the field would make frequent visits and bring them to church on Sundays. Hanul gradually opened up to our field staff. She was described as smart and artistic. Over the years, our staff got to know her and described her as a great student, eager to learn and motherly. She was very protective of her younger cousin. Crossing Borders sends a team of volunteers to spend time with the children in our network each year. Children learn English, hear messages on how they can heal from their past and receive vital career training. This camp is a powerful time for these children who, like Hanyuo, have many hidden wounds. During our sessions, she would listen attentively. She would ask her prayers for her father and mother. It was clear that she was moving on from her past and attempting to forge a future for herself. But, but early last year, Hanyuo's mother contacted her and said she wanted Hanyuo to join her in South Korea. In the spring, Hanyuo boarded a plane with a one-way ticket to reunite with a mother she barely remembered. Crossing Borders believes that the best environment for our children is for them to live with their parents, especially their mothers. Of the 53 children in our network, 20 have mothers who have successfully made it to South Korea. 15 of these children have had contact with their mothers. Two have plans to reunite with them. Family fighting and unforeseen circumstances often prevent these children from being with their mothers. This is why we continue to help them, minister to them, point them to hope in their times of darkness. It's estimated to the by the United Nations that there are about 40,000 of these children in China. With your help, we have been able to extend a helping hand to a small fraction of them. And through continued efforts, we can help more. The Bible is clear that we must care for the orphan, the widow, the poor. It's also clear that we must do this out of love. That's why our mission is to show the compassion of Christ to North Koreans and their children in China. For it's out of Christ's great compassion for children like Hanul that we find strength to carry on. Hanul is adjusting to life in South Korea and is doing well. She's finally reunited with her mother. We know that their reunion will erase some of the anguish this young girl has experienced in her life. The rest must be taken to God. And then we close with Matthew 11:28 in the text. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Oh, amen. It's the same passage that is the theme passage of the Lawrence Avenue Mission here in Chicago, where we go to the street and, and proclaim the name of Jesus to the people on the street, give them the word of God. Well, yeah, it's a worldwide message. There's a whole long series on North Korea. I call it the North Korea audio weblog on my site there. You'll just see tons and tons of, uh, of uh, recordings, podcasts about North Korea. And then there's North Korea updates uh, on photos. Just click on photos there on the main page. And when that comes up, you'll see a couple of links, actually several of them. But the first two are a more recent Hundred, not hundreds maybe, but at least scores. 
scores and scores of pictures and every two or three days I'm updating that so you'll know what's going on in North Korea and be able to pray for them. Would you check all that out? Well, tomorrow we get back to questions and answers from Exodus. I think soon it's going to be time for another Spurgeon break or somebody a break. Hey, what, are, what do you know? Who do you know that might be a good preacher to listen to? Uh, I'll get the book. I'll find a, a thing by him. Or you could send me something if you like. Uh, do you have a, a favorite preacher? Uh, with a favorite book, a godly book that we can read that, that you think others might enjoy? Let's, I'll, be, I'll be glad to do that too. Meanwhile, we started today with Job chapter 6, verse 1. Perhaps uh, putting this into the mouth of some Koreans right now, some North Koreans. Oh, that my grief were fully weighed. I know Job said that as a complaint. We don't want to be complainers, but God dealt with Job, and God's going to deal with these people too. He will visit his people when they call upon him. Please keep praying. North Korea.